Hello and welcome to the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. Rachel is a speaker, inspirational author, and an overcomer. As Rachel is walking through her own journey of grief, she's challenging others to persevere and overcome their own circumstances. Find out more at rachelflick.com. Here now is your host, Rachel Flick. Everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Hopecast. I'm still here at the NRB, a Christian media convention. And today I get to bring you an awesome episode with Alex McFarland. Alex is a Christian apologist, author, evangelist, religion and culture analyst, and an advocate for biblical truth. He is an international speaker and in North America has spoken in over 2,000 churches. He is also the only evangelist to have preached in all 50 states in only 50 days. Alex is a frequent spokesperson on Fox News and has been interviewed by other media outlets including Fox and Friends, Billy Graham's Decision Radio broadcast, Focus on the Family Radio, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and many others. He's a contributing writer to such media outlets as LA Times, Boston Herald, OK Celebrity News Magazine, Christianity Today, and more. Alex's growing passion is growing the body of Christ and instructing Christians on how to stand strong in the face of ever-diminishing morals, ethics, and values. Alex is a prolific author, and his latest book is The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. Welcome, Alex. Well, thank you, Rachel. It's great to be with you. Oh, my goodness. I love getting to know you today. Well, ditto, ditto. This is... um uh, is this your first trip to the NRB convention? It's my first trip. It's pretty wild, isn't it? It is. It's really fun to meet so many people who are doing what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Now, you and I are up here in the um, press suite doing recording. Right. And if people can hear background noise, there's little booths where interviews are going on. Yeah, there's quite the hum. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a beehive of activity. Uh-huh. Have you been downstairs to the convention floor? I haven't yet. I can't wait to check it out. It will blow your mind. Wow. But, uh, you know, the, the thing about this, folks, and, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian, let me encourage you to pray for this convention because there's like everybody you've ever heard of here, mm-hmm. Dr. Dobson, J., uh, David Jeremiah, um, people like, you know, Anne Graham Lotz, mm. Compassion International, Ken Ham and the Creation Museum mm-hmm. and the Ark. Yeah. And, um, you know, Rachel, my prayer is that God would just use this to send a, a great move of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, I, but I am so honored to be with you and just getting to know you and uh, the work you're doing. And God is moving in and through your life in a mighty, mighty way. Yeah. We just, Alex interviewed me on um, his podcast. Tell me the name of your Truth podcast. Truth for a New Generation. TNG. Yes. TNG. Truth for a New That's Generation. That's a great ac- acronym. Yeah. And we talked and are getting to know each other a little bit. And I told him about the Hopecast. And so now he's going to tell us a little bit about his story. So, what is your background? Where did you grow up? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Grew up in North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, down in the South, you know, and uh, uh, became a Christian when I was in college at mm-hmm. 21 years old, mm-hmm. but uh, grew up on a farm. Okay. Now, you're So, can you do all the farm things? Oh, yeah, I actually can. I okay. mean, I honestly know what it is to feed cows yes. and ride a horse without a saddle. Mm. and crank up a tractor on a snowy morning and have to plow the driveway from snow (laughs) before the trucks can get out. Do you ever miss it, or are you just so grateful that you don't have to plow the driveway that that it's fine? You know, I actually do miss it. I um, 
it was a great way to grow up. Do you remember, I know this is before your time, do you remember a show called The Waltons? Yeah. Okay. The grandparents lived there, and mm-hmm. at night it was good night, John Boy, good night, Sue Ellen, and all uh-huh. that. Honestly, that's how I grew up. Aww. My grandparents lived with us. We had a, a farm for 88 years, and, um, you know, it was, we didn't know it, but we were poor, probably. Because uh, we had a chicken farm. We had like okay. 35,000 hens. Mm, that's a lot of chickens. And my grandfather and my dad, for 68 of the 88 years, we ran a, an egg business. Wow. And we delivered eggs to grocery stores. How many eggs a day is that? Oh, I mean, my goodness. Well, and listen to this. Because we had like 1,000 egg customers. We really did like yeah. large, large grocery stores. And little bitty restaurants and curb markets. And so um, my dad had like 18 employees. And what I'm about to tell you, it works into how God um, got a hold of my family's life. Mm. But we had an egg business. My dad had like 18 employees. And while we had 35,000 hens, Mm -hmm. and they would each lay about one to two eggs a day. Okay. But we had to buy extra eggs because we had so many customers. So we had like... Uh, one and two semi loads of eggs a day. I really can't imagine that. Oh, I know. As as my earliest memory from probably four or five years old, I was around my dad running the egg okay. business. Here's what my my mom and the rest of us didn't know: to make cash flow, my dad would have to go to the bank and borrow money. Mm. He had a credit line. Mm-hmm. All right, McDonald's. You know the Golden Arches. Yes. McDonald's comes out with a, the egg McMuffin. And breakfast. Oh, right? yes. So we had t- 271 or two McDonald's. That's a lot of McDonald's. That's a lot of McDonald's. That's a lot of eggs. Yeah, and every McDonald's would get one case of eggs a day, 30 dozen eggs. So one of the ways that my dad would get these big national accounts, he would bid really low, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say your cost on a dozen eggs is 69 cents, mm-hmm. but you're selling them for 74 cents. Mm-hmm. So you're only making like a nickel a dozen. You got to sell a lot of eggs wow. to make money. So my dad, um, sometimes we would lose money for one quarter, but maybe three quarters you would make money. Long story short, it's 1985, and we're three quarters of a million dollars in debt. Mm. Which my, my mom didn't know. Oh, yeah. Till the bank shows up to put us out of our house one day. Oh, no. So here we are, Southern family, the home place, the farm. It's like a Norman Rockwell painting. Yes. And the bank shows up and says, you got to go. You're a year behind in your mortgage, and we're sorry, but um, grab whatever you can carry out the front door. Oh, because, my goodness. Just as is. Yeah. And... That's traumatic enough, right? Yes. But see, my mom didn't know any about anything about this. As far as we all knew, mom and the kids, we thought we were living. Doing good. So um, let me just say, um, if to all you men out there, if you're having financial problems, share it with your wife. Yeah. Um, so I was at that point. That would be such a huge burden for him to carry without telling your mom. Uh, well, the burden was the way my mom erupted. When she realized we're three quarters of a million dollars in debt and we're getting the houses repossessed and we've got to walk out the door. Wow. So I was, I don't know, 18 or 19. And uh, let's just say our home life during those years was not fun. 
I cannot imagine. And I was pretty sure my parents were going to split up because they were fighting and everything. And I was, at this point, I graduated high school and I enrolled at a local college. And I was working like three and four jobs to try to make tuition. Mm -hmm. But I was also playing in a band and um, I was not a Christian at that point, uh, Rachel. And so I was like playing all the keg parties and even I'd actually played in bars underage you Mm -hmm. know I was 15 16 playing guitar getting into bars that had to be 21 yeah I was in there that must have said a lot about your guitar skills too well I don't good enough to let you in yeah or not ask any questions yeah and (laughs) home life was pretty um brutal Mm. and so I you know began to drink and Mm -hmm. You know, I was 15, 16, 17, hanging out with people that were 30, you know. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. Now, my sister got married and moved away, and she really kind of um, was, she escaped from the the tempest that was our family life. Mm-hmm. And so um, my dad went down the road, and a friend who was a businessman lent him $100,000 to prevent the bank from foreclosing on the house. Yeah. But all our furniture was gone. So Mm -hmm. imagine, you know, we had all these antiques, and so suddenly we're sleeping on the floor. We kept the house, but it was empty. And so it was weird, right? Very stressful. One day, my mom and dad came in, and they said, we need to talk to you. Um, we've been watching this guy on TV named Charles Stanley, and mm. we've recommitted our lives to Christ. Uh, have you ever heard the preacher on TV, Charles Stanley? I have. In touch. Yeah, and his son Andy now. Andy Stanley. Yeah. Well, my mother and dad, unbeknownst to any of us, they had uh, prayed and recommitted their lives to Christ. Now, I was not a Christian yet, but I will tell you I saw something different. And we laid hands on the big checkbook for the business, the mm. ledger, you know. And my dad said, look, we might lose everything and we might be on the street, but we have given our life to Christ and he's going to lead us. What a moment. It, it really was. And that made a big impact on me. Mm. Um, so I'm driving through Greensboro, North Carolina one day, and I see this girl from high school putting gas in a Ford Pinto. Mm. You've heard of the Ford Pinto, right? Uh, yes. I haven't seen one in a while, but I know what you're talking you about. You know what that is? <laughs> yeah. Actually, not a bad car. But um, (laughs) so I pulled in there and uh, I said, Hey, uh, my name's Alex. Do you remember me? And she was like, Yes. I said, What are you doing? She goes, I'm in nursing school. And she goes, What are you doing? And I I said, I was in college, barely, you know, probably (laughs) on a good day. Hanging by your nails. Yeah. I had that .0001 (laughs) grade point average, you know. And I said, well, I'm in a band, and, and we've got a keg party, free beer. You want to come hear my band play? And she was like, no, nah, no thanks. Hmm. She said, um, so I was very persistent. Let's go out. And she was like, come to a Bible study on Monday night. And uh, she was like, we have a Bible study. If you come to the Bible study for like a month, I'll think about going out with you. And I was like, I like it. I like her style. I was like, a Bible. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all about that. Oh, Bible says super. Oh, I'm totally good with that. That's exactly what I want, you know. Now, um, I tell <laughs> anything to get the girl. God is so merciful. Yeah. Is, is God He's merciful? So good. So I tell people I had not seen the light and I wasn't looking for the switch. But um, so I, I go to this Bible study. 
And the Lord is so good, Rachel. Um, I was an English major, and I love literature. And all I can say is um, I went to that Bible study, and it had the ring of truth. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm listening, and much to my surprise, I was riveted. And I began to think, this is real. And it began to dawn on me, okay, so this is what my mom and dad are talking about. And after about three or four weeks of going to this Bible study, you know, I'm not going to say I forgot about chasing the girl. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I began to go to the Bible study, honestly, because I was like, I can't wait till Monday night. I'm learning so much. That's awesome. And... Um, long story short, I could tell you the details, but I asked Christ into my heart. I went one night, I was at my um, room and I knelt down by my bed and I was like, Lord, um, I really need you in my life and, I, and I'm sorry for my sins. Here's the thing, I'll probably tear up, but I said, uh, Je- Jesus, I, I believe you died for the world and I believe you gave your life for me. Mm. And w- when I realized that Jesus loved me in spite of my sins Mm. in spite of my attitude in spite of I lied to my parents Rachel I'm ashamed to tell you I stole money out of my daddy's cash register Mm. his business was struggling and I would get in because I had a key Mm -hmm. I mean I was rotten yeah I mean, when Jeremiah 17 says the heart is deceitful and wicked Mm -hmm. and we don't even realize, Jeremiah 17, 31, I think it is, I I knew I had a dark heart, but I said, Jesus, I believe you died for the world and I believe you died for me and I accept that and I knelt by my bed and um, I can't promise you all my problems evaporated. But I'm telling you, this is real. And I guess I would say to all of your listeners, um, Jesus Christ is real. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves you. Um, Jesus is as close by as a prayer. And um, the greatest thing that ever happened to me at a very critical moment in the life of my family and my own life, God God became real to us. Mm. And God will become real. And I know you know that. Mm Mm-hmm. But I would say to everybody who hears this, um, give God a chance. Let the Lord show himself strong in your life. And um, I just want to say, forget anything else I say. Remember, Jesus Christ is real. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to say. Jesus is real and Jesus is faithful. Yeah. So... That primary transformation, that initial time where you just locked eyes with the Lord and said, I believe that you are who you say you are and that I am who you say I am. And that changes your life. And then you have a lot of listeners who I think have made that decision or have grown up in the Christian faith and they don't know how to take that to the next level. They don't know how to grow in their relationship or to know Jesus better, right? Like, so today I've met Alex McFarland. I know him, but I don't know him like his good friend knows him or his wife knows him or his kids know him, right? Like, we want to know Jesus like we know our kids or our best friends or our spouse. What are some of the things that the Lord did that drew you into this place where you've devoted your life to ministry, right? You're Mm -hmm. clearly not just like skimming along like 
we're just grateful you're not stealing out of the cash register. Like the Lord has taken you so far past that initial place. Oh, God is so good. The Lord is so good. Um, I will say this, and Rachel, I'm very hesitant to ever say, oh, look at me, I did this or that. I'm not saying that. Somehow, um, I just really did become in love with the Scripture, and I Mm. began to read my Bible, and um, verses that come to my mind, like Psalm 119, verse 93, Mm -hmm. speaking of God's Word, it says, I will never forget your words, for through them I found life. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's right. It's in the Bible that we find Jesus, you know. And um, Matthew 6, verse 8 is very special to me. It says, the Father knows what you need even before you ask. Isn't that an incredible verse? That's a great verse, isn't yeah. it? Um, talking about being a Christian and just trying to be represent the Lord. Where 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Mm. So... I guess what I would say to people is um, what a third century Christian Jerome said. Jerome said, knowledge of the scriptures is knowledge of Christ. Hmm. And uh, just like an athlete needs to work out and have good nutrition. And, you know, the. It's a great analogy. Whatever, you know, the musician needs to practice. Um, the Bible is our nutrition. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a child of God, and you know the Son of God, well, then all day you need to think about the Word of God. Mm. And there's nothing special about me. God's been so good to me. But I will say, somehow, God just put within me this insatiable desire to to read and meditate on His Word. Mm. And so, like, we all have struggles and stuff like that. Yeah. My wife and I got married. Was a, it the girl who cooked you to Bible study? Of course. Okay, okay. Five years I had to later. find out. Yeah, it was. I mean, we got married five years later, and um, she finished nursing school, passed the, the nursing board. I went to seminary. I was youth pastor for 11 years, making like $18,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was breaking the law. I did not know it was legal to have that much money. Yeah. $18,000 <laughs> a year, you know. Um, we've been very blessed. But... Like any young couple, and there's times we would argue, and there's times that I would get discouraged, and I'm like, I'm wasting my life, man. Mm-hmm. All my friends from school, they're making $100,000 a year, and mm-hmm. here I'm a youth pastor. Yeah. And whenever I would have that um, bad day where we all, we all have those days where we lie to ourselves, mm-hmm. um, it's like the Holy Spirit would say, trust me, Alex, just trust me. So what I, I would say to all your listeners is, um, you know, mo- mom and dad passed away and we had to pay for their funerals. And we had we still had up and finally got all the three quarters of a million dollars of debt paid mm. off in 2014. Wow. Um, That's a testimony. But here's the thing I would say. Have you ever heard of this book, Rachel? It's a devotional book from many, many years ago called My Utmost for His Highest. Yes. By Oswald Chambers. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in that book where he says, uh, every day the Christian must vigilantly maintain God's perspective. Hmm. And so part of the fruitful Christian life is to train yourself to believe what's true. 
See, because very often we lapse and we believe things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, God was with me then, but God is not with me now. And there's so much information out there, right? Everybody's vying to be an influencer in your life. Exactly, exactly. And um, everybody's succeeding but me. I'm no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, God has abandoned me. God's not even hearing my prayers and my family life. And I just, I better go for the best life I want now while I still have time. Hmm. Um, Rachel, I'm counseling a family right now and a Christian home and six children and they're they're about to bail out on their marriage because hmm. it's like um, I'm, I'm in my 50s and there's just some thrills that I missed out on and I better get it while I can. And I'm like, no. Do not believe Satan's lies. That is a lie. Yeah. So part of why we need the Word of God and we always need to be growing is so that we will believe what is true. And the truth is God does have a plan for your life. Mm. The truth is that God is with you and he will never abandon you. The, the truth is that in spite of tragedies and delays and disappointments, Look, God's got this. If you, I am living testimony. We don't have time to tell everything, but mm. five continents, 50 states, um, 48 major citywide events, um, thousands of interactions with people. I've had to raise money. And I mean, what it means to walk by faith. Honestly, I really do know about that. Mm. And I'm telling you, God is faithful. And so... I would say to your listeners, believe what's true. And the truth is, God has a roadmap for you if you'll stick with him. Mm. Because he loves you. And I've talked to hundreds of people. I'm going to say this, I'm going to hush. Forgive me for <laughs> going on. I love it. it. No, it's so good. I have talked to literally hundreds of people who said, Alex, pray for me. You know, 10 years ago, I just... I cheated on my wife or I I did this I had to do my thing and oh my goodness it was the worst decision I've I've train wrecked my life mm. but Rachel I've never had anybody ever say to me you know what it's not not always been easy but I've trusted God and boy do I regret it nobody ever says that <laughs> now oh, you're the, right the, the people who go off on their own thing yeah they they'll tell me help me pray for me I made a mistake but the persons who have trusted God, mm-hmm. even through the valleys, yeah. they will look back and they'll say, you know what? God knew the right pathway all along. Yeah. God is faithful. I like to say that risk is a runway that the Holy Spirit cannot resist. That when we risk in obedience to trust him and to follow him, it's like a magnet. And he's like, I will land my plane on the runway of that person's obedience. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That's a, I will land my plane on the runway of that person's obedience. Mm-hmm. That is brilliant. Did yeah. God give you that? He did. He did. I do a word of the year every year. And one year my, year, my word was risk. And he was talking to me. And I was just so risk adverse. I never wanted to step outside of my comfort zone. And I just, you know, releasing control of my life to him. To allow him to truly take the reins, take the driver's seat, you know, and um, he talked to me so much about risk 
And, and, but the thing that you're telling me is that his character can be trusted. Amen. And even when we don't have the strength to be faithful, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful to us. And Amen. your story is a living picture of that. Amen. Um, hey, I know we're almost out of time, but I want to tell you something I wrote in a journal when mm. I was a new believer. And I found it years later. And I'm, I'm reluctant. I don't want to talk about myself, but... I found this in a journal, and this was my word, mm. and really still is. As a new believer, I wrote in a, in a notebook I had, everything post-salvation is going to be a decades-long thank you note back to Jesus. Wow. And every day... That's beautiful. Every day, I'm trying to work on that thank you note. Mm. That is a beautiful perspective. I love that. I'm going to take that one home. Alex, it has been wonderful hearing just the cliff notes of your story. I hope that someday we get to hear more of it and connect further. This has been a pleasure. God bless you. Um, My website is just my name, Mm alexmcfarland.com. I'm all over the country, so... uh, Maybe people will look me up and we'll visit when I come to their town. Absolutely. And you're doing a television program. We do. It's called Truth for a New Generation. Okay. uh, On the NRB Television Network. And then we do a couple of shows for the American Family Radio Network, Exploring the Word and uh, TNG Radio. And we do youth conferences all over America. Mm, that's wonderful. I know that the listeners are really going to appreciate being able to connect with you and your ministry and everything that you're investing. Well, I appreciate you so much. It's a great honor to be on with you, and we give God all the glory. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Hopecast with Alex McFarland. I'm your host, Rachel Flick, and you can connect with me at rachelflick.com on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Everybody have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching you next week. Email me with any questions, contact at rachelflick.com. You've been listening to the Hopecast with Rachel Flick. To find out more, go to rachelflick.com. While you're there, you can book Rachel for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. Go to rachelflick.com to book her today. While you're online, you can discover more information about all of the platforms that this podcast is on. Also, be sure to click on the social media icons at the top of the page, and you will be directed to Rachel's social media sites. If you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time for another edition of the Hopecast with Rachel Flick.